Hey everyone, you're listening to A Walk Across Texas State. This is Bridget Sarbu, and I'm joined with Tori Graham. And today we had the pleasure of talking with Ramses Luna, who is a coordinator in the Leadership Institute here at Texas State. Ramses talks with us about developing your leadership skills, which employers, of course, are always looking for. And we had a lot of fun talking with him about his journey and the Leadership Institute. So we hope you enjoy. So you like pluckers and dinos. Yes. That's the coolest thing in the world. That's like the iconic duo. Name a more iconic <laughs> duo. What's your favorite dinosaur? Oh, my God. Uh, I actually have like three or four of them. Uh, Ooh, one, cool. the Ankylosaurus. So I don't yes. know if you know how they look. They look super wild. Like they have these spikes coming on the side and they have this hard body shape. It's basically like a giant armadillo that's just more like aggressive and ready to fight at any time. And then this huge like little like, I guess, steel ball in the back of their tail. Like, it's super intense. And they're herbivores, so which was like, the coolest thing in the world. But okay. that, and then Utah Triceratops, um, they're basically, like, really colorful Triceratops. Rather than just having, like, the horns like that, the one three, mm. they have a bunch of horns, and, like, it's really pretty. It looks beautiful, according to scientists. I don't know if it looks like <laughs> that, but I bet it was pretty. And so those two are my favorite right now. Uh, I used to love Velociraptors oh. as a child. And then I found out through Jurassic Park they're aggressive, so I'm like, no, nah, never mind. Mm. Can we just just for the uh, just to make sure this makes the podcast? Can we hear Corey's <laughs> Velociraptor sound, please? No, we have to. <laughs> you have a Velociraptor sound. I it's it's not a good one, but I like to. They're they're one of my favorites because of Jurassic Park. Because I don't know because they're aggressive, but also because they're just very scary and cool, and also. The first Jurassic Park movie is one of my favorites, That's favorite movies one. of all time. Um, but yeah, sometimes I like to have. Okay, I'm going too much. Okay, I I don't want to do it. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> that's not that's not it. It's it's because I don't have the rumbly sound, you know. But like, I feel like if I could do multiple things with my voices, that's the pitch I would go. But <laughs> that's, I just that's don't. Great. No, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, it's cool. I'm embarrassed now. I'm gonna take Roar. off your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so good. I love that. Yeah, no, that is the coolest thing in the world. If I could ever, if I could do Jurassic Park, I would. Like, I know the dangers. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. I'll take the risk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> all the fun dinosaur talk. Let's get into this. So we know that you have what a a double degree in communications master's and bachelor's and um we also know a little bit about your background that you've been involved in a lot of different organizations which we're going to talk about in a bit but Mm -hmm. what ultimately led you to post-secondary education here uh texas state university uh you know how did your communications degree and all your studies uh prepare you for this the role that you're in right now Mm. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think it ba- so. It basically started off with I was a business major, was super excited about learning how to start businesses, and I thought my business background would help with nonprofits because I've always just fell in love with nonprofits. I've always been raised around nonprofits in Houston, and that really transitioned me into thinking, "Cool, I can do this work for my communities in Houston. I can take all what I've learned and take it back home, and everyone's going to love it, and we're going to be doing great stuff for our communities." Well, I learned that I hated business. 
uh, because it's just so intense. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not me. And even though it's such great material and I was excited, it just, yeah, I didn't jive with it. It just, it wasn't something that I fell in love with. And I've always believed that if I'm not in love with it, why, why should I do it? And so one of my friends, a good mentor of mine, he told me about communication studies. I didn't know that you could study that. I thought it was like a joke. I was like, no, no way you can do that. Like, that's the coolest thing you can ever do. And so um, I basically said, you know what, let me change my major. And I got involved as a sophomore in communication studies, really started focusing on that. And it wasn't until my senior year when two of my mentors, Dr. Roseanne Manzik and Dr. Stephen Beebe, they both were encouraging me to get more involved into this. They saw potential in me and they were like, hey, you can do this. And so basically I started getting really interested in the fact that I can do this. I can really take communication studies and hone it and take it to the next level. And so, yeah, I, I basically did that. And it was the coolest thing ever because I got accepted to a conference for communication studies. I got to tell my mom and dad and friends what I do. And they were just like, dude, this is the coolest thing and perfect for you. Like we've grown with you. So this is something you should do. And then, yeah, comm studies happened as a grad student. And at first, actually, instead of teaching immediately, like most graduate students in different colleges and departments, I got a chance to work for the Leadership Institute as a graduate assistant. And so that really, I guess that really opened me up into getting involved in higher ed even more. As an undergrad, I was involved with a lot of different organizations, but being a graduate assistant in a higher education uh, very much student affairs field really just like made me open up to like there's all these possibilities that I don't have to be limited to things like I can do so much with just a communication studies degree and so yeah it started off here and I love it and it's been fun it's been great to engage with people and not just tell them about the leadership aspect but also tell them about the communication aspect of things and mm. they're just like oh my gosh I'm says we didn't know all these things and so you're just a communication wizard and I'm like yeah of course I have magical powers like I can do all this <laughs> stuff so yeah that's how I started very cool. Nice. And I, I know you mentioned and we are, so, you know, sort of familiar with some of the organizations that you've been involved with. Um, but just curious, which one do you think has had kind of the biggest impact on your career development specifically? Mm. Um, are we talking about undergrad probably, I'm assuming? Whatever you think, undergrad mm. or even ones you did while you're in grad school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I say undergrad. I was involved in three my three major organizations as an undergrad. Um, at one point, I was involved in 11 at the same time. Instant regret. Wow. I still regret it today. Um, <laughs> I just, That's a I was, lot. I know. I thought I could join everything. I'm a very eager kid. Uh, as I like to say, short brown kid from the hood. And although I love getting involved in everything, uh, as somebody who came from nothing, where there was literally no computer in my home, when I found out there, there was a 24-hour library or a computer lab, Oh, I was there every day and like with coffee and like it was, I was addicted because all these resources were so cool that I had at my disposal. And so with the same thing with organizations, I was so excited that there's 394 organizations at the time. Now there's 400 plus or maybe 500. I haven't checked, but I was just so excited because like I can do all these cool things now. And so, yeah, I was involved in about 11, but three of them that were really important to me were one, Hombres Unidos, which is a brotherhood for... Latinx, Hispanic males who really want to have a conversation about masculinity, about things that men don't get a chance to talk about in the sphere of men or masculinity. Mm -hmm. And so they were just it was phenomenal. I got to meet my mentors there and I love them. And I got to meet my roommates there. And so I love them too. And so cool. shout out to them. 
But the other thing was um, the human environmental animal team, HEAT. And so I got to really lead a lot of fun, positive activism, really engaged students in environmental conscious and animal rights and human rights. And that was just phenomenal. I got a chance to do a lot of that stuff and lead a small undergrad leadership program for them. So it was really awesome. But the last one, and I guess the most important one probably was USAC, Underrepresented mm-hmm. Student Advisory Council. I, I, got, I applied to be secretary or networking chair and I got a call and they were say, and I was in the quad selling quesadillas with the Hispanic Business Student Association. Um, I was that guy who would be yelling quesadillas for free and like all these cool fun <laughs> stuff. Um, but they told me, they gave me a call and they, hey, we're excited to offer you a position because I applied for it. And I thought, I heard, yeah, you're, you're going to be secretary. But in fact, I accepted the position for president by accident. I didn't actually, I wasn't paying attention. Goes to show you that my <laughs> listening skills aren't the best. Uh, don't tell my mentors or my supervisor. Uh, but essentially, um, I got a chance to, I got a chance to, uh, I accepted it. And when I accepted it, I basically realized that this is exactly what I should be doing. I should be working with underrepresented communities because that's exactly what I was having in mind when I started as a freshman with my business major. Now mm-hmm. it looks different, but that really was pivotal because it it opened everything for me. From that point, everything changed. Uh, I got to one, be able to host Opal Tometi, which is one of the co-founders for Black Lives Matter. And so I got a chance to meet all these social justice idols, icons, movement warriors. Like, it was just phenomenal. And I was like the most excited kid ever. Uh, I, I, I mean, I get excited every time I think about it. Like, this really happened because of that. And that really just led me into everything else. I mean, it, it allowed me to get into Leadership Institute. Um, it allowed me to really connect my passion for social justice and communications. And then it really allowed me to just basically do good and help out people in however way I can. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So kind of shifting gears a little bit more to the Leadership Institute. So uh, for me in my role, I'm a career advisor specifically for our liberal arts students. And so I get a lot of appointments where they, they understand and know that employers want leadership skills in an employee, but they're not quite sure how to build those. And so I was wondering if you could kind of tell us what all the Leadership Institute does and kind of how they could build them through y'all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing to students to, for them to know is that everything we offer is open for everybody. It's free. It's, it's nothing. Is, we never turn anyone away. Every, what we want to do is create a change for leadership around the world, right? One leadership lesson at a time is what we believe in. And so that means that from even a workshop to the film, watching a film with us, to being involved in our conference, all of that is for us to build your leadership, right? Um, leadership skills often are seen very abstract, right? Sometimes they think it's more it's just communication, teamwork, conflict management, a lot of these different abstract ideals rather than the concrete technical stuff and so when that happens, it's kind of discouraging. Like, how do I assess that I'm doing my job as a leader should, leader should? How do I assess that my leadership is being beneficial? And so what we try to teach is that leadership is probably not, not seen as the way that it should be right now. Um, we often see it as positional, as that I assess my leadership by having a resume with like a bunch of titles or my email signature is like longer than my actual email. <laughs> and and that's, I mean, that's literally, I'm like, I see that all the time. 
Yeah. But I like to remind them, like, no, leadership is about the process. It's about the passion that you host and have, and it's a passion that you want to make positive change around the world. And so some of the programs, um, or actually almost all the programs that we have, have a little bit of that um, and has a little bit of our core value of that this is going to be a process-oriented aspect. So from our workshops where we just host an hour to an hour and a half of time with us just basically teaching you skills that you can take away or even having conversations that are just going to radically change you. Like, oh my gosh, I I can't believe I didn't think like that before. In a way where like leadership is basically focused around just the relationships around you and the network and the and the way that you create positive, very authentic and real connections, that's so cool for students to get something from that. And then even our conference, right? Um, usually we host our conference with 21 sessions and students have a chance to go through all these cool things. This year is going to be different, right? It's virtual. But every year we try to go in a way where our students are going to have all of these skills they're going to learn that you don't know that you need it at the time. Mm-hmm. And then translating that into your career, that's hard, right? It's hard to translate your undergrad experiences to your career. I, I've, I've done that before, right, as a student leader. And I think the cool thing is that I realized that whenever I was interviewing, whenever I'm putting my resume together, um, even my application or anything like that, I get to put a little bit of the fact that I challenge some of the leadership norms that we sometimes we see. And then a lot of employers are just super excited about that. Like, oh my gosh, you're not just wanting to say yes, 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 but you're also wanting to think of bigger ideas. You have a vision that you've created, a philosophy of leadership that you started, and that's going to translate into anything you do. Um, It's a lifelong process. And so whatever we are able to throw um, out there as far as the curriculum, as far as our leadership ideals and beliefs and values, our students are going to have a chance to walk away from that, whatever little aspects of leadership programs we have going on. Um, we so we also follow you on social media and we think you're amazing so I I still think you're super trendy thank you I appreciate that that. yeah but um, I've seen a lot in Leadership Institute social media is highlighting the Medal of Hope Mm. can you tell us more about that program yeah 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 so the Medal of Hope is like again leadership is an abstract concept sometimes so what the Medal of Hope is it's a, represent, a full representation manifestation, essentially, a physical manifestation of your leadership at Texas State. So everything you've done at Texas State seems to be some type of manifestation into that Medal of Hope. Um, our students are able to earn it by being involved with the Leadership Institute and any of our programs, and then also just being involved on campus. So from doing the Allies Training Program, from going to Equality U, to being a student organizational officer, um, even joining committees that are like university-wide, just small things, all of that adds up to your leadership. And then giving back to your community, right? So service as well. So to earn the Medal of Hope, you basically need to, one, just be involved, be doing what you're doing already in leadership. But two, take time to really think about what are the leadership things that I'm missing in order for me to not just put that on my resume, but have a physical manifestation of that that I get to wear a graduation. The cool thing is that you get to wear a graduation. You get to tell your friends, like, this is because of my involvement, because I dedicated time from my career, my undergrad career, to leadership. And, and it shows, right? Um, a lot of employers are getting that, are seeing that on their resumes, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, you did a Medal of Hope. Tell me about that. 
and they pull it out and they're like, look at this shiny metal that's really big and it hurts if you run with it because I did that. <laughs> but I think that's one of the cool things that we get to do where our students just have a chance to wear it, uh, showcase their leadership. And it's it's easy as just setting up an appointment with us and saying, hey, we, I just want to meet with y'all. I want to talk to y'all about it. I want to earn it. And we set up that time and we talk them through the steps and they're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. I can definitely do this. Now we recommend that. If it's last minute, like, you know, last semester and and you haven't done any involvement with us, it might be a stretch, but we got you. Like, we'll try our best. And <laughs> now we're actually going to be launching a leadership certificate at some point. And so we're oh, very cool. excited because that's something else that we want to provide students who may transfer in a little later, right, into their junior or senior year. Or they just may have not had a chance to get involved with us because college is a lot. And so... We definitely are trying to make sure that we can be accessible to not just the first-year students or second-year students, but to everybody who joins Texas State um, the Leadership Institute. Just curious, yeah. when is the conference this semester? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Leadership Institute conference will be happening February 26th to the 27th. Um, we're super excited because we have two awesome keynotes. Uh, the first keynote is Sam Sanders. Uh, he hosts a podcast on NPR called It's Been a Minute Ooh. with Sam Sanders. Super hilarious, super funny. I love him. He talks from anything from like news, political stuff, to fashion, to what's culturally relevant. Like if Taylor Swift dropped a new album randomly and he was like, all right, let's dissect this. And then also let's talk mm -hmm. about the news at the same time. So super mm -hmm. fun. And then Keo Stark, um, who's basically research has been about talking to strangers. So if you've ever had to, before pandemic mode, if you've ever had to stand in line and somebody's right behind you and you kind of start a conversation, she researches why we do that and how those conversations go. Super neat, especially through technology. And so, yeah, it's going to be um, on February 26, 27 at the end of February, right? Um, and it's going to be virtual. So feel free to jump in and and enjoy the time. And we'll be also offering four $1,000 scholarships. So if you are a broke college kid like I was, I would encourage you to apply because it's $1,000 and anyone can earn it, even if you're graduating this year. So that's the coolest thing if you're, you know, need some funds yeah. right before diving into pandemic career mode. Yeah, super helpful. Yeah, for sure. My goodness. I was going to say maybe we can drop the registration link in our description. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That should work. Yeah. Yeah. I cool. can send this to you or y'all can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you for yeah, coming thanks. and for participating on the show and sharing all your secrets with us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We can be better leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate y'all having me here. I'm super excited to, you know, hang out with y'all. And I'm, I'm, I love listening to y'all. So this is going to be great. I'm, I'm just really excited about all of this. So I really, again, appreciate the invitation. And um, I hope our students are getting a chance to join the Leadership Institute and become better leaders and change the world for a positive change. Yeah, thanks. A Walk Across Texas State is hosted by Bridget Sarbu and Tori Graham. Zachary Webb is our producer and editor. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at txstcareers. Don't follow. Don't. Don't follow. Don't. Uh, oh man uh, I, was, I was getting close uh, follow was immediately ab above forget <laughs> <laughs>